0: Hi, folks. A quick note here. We experienced some technical difficulties with this episode, so a little bit of the audio has been lost. It has been edited by the amazing folks at Epic Nine Marketing Outfitters, so the message is intact. We are very excited to bring you this series and particularly this episode. Kyle and Willie uh, really nail it. We're happy to bring you this episode, and we hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Welcome to Ignition, a production of Sky City Entrepreneur Center, conversations with Blount County starters. I, as always, am your host, Shannon Bryant, Sky City's community manager. Sky City is a business incubator located right here in Blount County, Tennessee. As you might remember, Ignition is a chain reaction podcast um, with starters, interviewing each other. Today, we have last month's guest, Kyle Perkins, founder of Rosewood Virtual Tours, interviewing Willie Dougherty, founder of The Neighborhood Chef. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Shannon. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. So, Kyle is going to take the lead on the conversation. I might jump in a little bit um, with my own perspectives, but mostly it's going to be a conversation between the two of you. What if you started off telling me how the two of you met?
1: Well, awesome. Um, Sounds like was, a meet cute or something. When, <laughs> when Shannon asked me if I would interview you, Willie, I was, I was like, man, that is, that is so awesome. So we were in, in co-starters together, and I like instantly knew you were somebody that I wanted to know. Perfect. It's kind of the same for me. Um, Yeah, I just
2: really enjoy meeting new people. And then your concept for your business was like super interesting with like the drone shots and photography and all that. So, and of course, after we met, it was,
1: yeah, we just couldn't shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for that, man. One thing I I really think that listeners would like to hear is you are probably the happiest entrepreneur I know. Like you would come to... (laughs) Willie would come to class, and even if he had a bad week, we would do these check-ins at the beginning of the class, and uh, you'd be like, "Man, guys, I just had a, such and such of a problem." But you would always end it on a happy note, like you would always have like a smile, even if you know you could tell you were tired. But how do you how do you bring that? Well, I appreciate that because, um, yeah, there's
2: two sides to everything, you know. The inside is you're just like, ah, "I'm dying," yeah. But um, I don't know. I think it's just that's. I try to put out what I want to get back. So of course I'm there for my friends and family, and I want to hear, you know, what you're going through. But at the same time, I just feel like, I mean, everything. There's always good in everything, and that's just kind of the way that, you know, we should flow. And at the end of the day, no matter what happens, there's always something good. You know, your car breaks down, and you're like, oh, I can't believe it. But then you're like, well, it was a two-hour delay. You read on the news or hear on the news that there was a wreck, and you're like, hey, the good thing was I could have been you know, in the wreck or in the traffic. So there's always good to pull out of the bad, and that's kind of what I think I'd end up doing, so.
1: That is awesome. Would you, would you say that good goes into the, into your food, into your products? Yeah, I'm 100% like, I believe in all the the things. So I, I,
2: the energy and stuff. Um, it's, I don't know, I just, I believe in like, you know, the good vibes, the good energy. And I think the reason why when we are younger, you know, food tastes so much better is because your parents and your grandparents and whatnot made it with true love, you know, and I think that that really goes into the food. So when I'm in the kitchen cooking, I, I view all my clients like they're really family and friends. So when they come pick up their meals, I, you know, ask them how their week was going and I'm really interested. And I also really care if um, they like the food. So I put in the energy into the food and everything. So
0: So speaking of the food, Willie, will you tell us about The Neighborhood Chef? What do you do?
2: Yeah. Uh, So Neighborhood Chef, what I do is um, I do meal prep. So I send out a menu every Tuesday uh, via email, and my customers just let me know what they like by Thursdays. And then I prep on Saturday, cook everything on Sunday, and then they pick up the meals the following Monday. And the way I have the meal set up right now, I kind of do – it's a total of 16 options at the end of the day. But um, I have like an All-American – usually a um, kind of a Mexican dish, an Italian, and then usually an other, which is Asian, Mediterranean, or something like that. And I offer low-carb options and veggie options as well.
0: Cool. And what's your background? How did you come to be here?
2: Um. Oh, man, how far back do you want to go?
0: Introducing yourself to me at Sky City as um, half North Carolina redneck and half Thai.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um. It's hilarious because I'm a Libra, so you guys, everyone who knows about the horoscopes, we're the scale, we're 50-50. Um, and my mom is from Thailand and my dad is from Maryville, Tennessee. And what's hilarious, I realized this like five years ago, that um, where my mom was from in Thailand, if you look at the globe, it's exactly on the other side of the earth from Maryville, Tennessee. Wow. Like, <laughs> it's like exactly 12 hours away. Um, but my upbringing was just that too. It was, um, you know, I had my mom from Thailand who had all the Thai culture, and the Thai recipes, and then my dad, who grew up um, in Allegheny at the foothills and the mountains in Tennessee, and all of the southern food. So we would have like, I mean, like sushi to like Thai curry to uh, rice balls and fish cakes to um, beans and cornbread, you know, ham hock in the slow cooker, uh, the whole nine yards. So we were pretty spoiled as kids, and so I had no choice but to learn to cook when I moved out. So <laughs> uh, starting with my mom first, she was. Um, a professional Thai cook for like 30 years and um, we just my brother and sister and I picked up from her so my brother runs a food truck in Bristol called Mammalese so if you want your Thai fix spring roll fix uh, Bristol Tennessee keep an eye out for them and my sister's a sous chef in Jacksonville Florida so yeah it's just that's just what we do and we have Instagram uh, feed between the three of us and we're you know funny jokes and recipes all the time <laughs> like check out these tacos yeah but anyways what did you do before you were you were in the neighborhood? Um, man, everything. Mostly trying to figure out who I was. <laughs> but um, I was always I've always been a blue collar guy. Um, just didn't do very well sitting behind a desk and whatnot. So I've done everything under the sun. Um, worked for a carpet cleaning slash restoration company years ago. But before I started uh, Neighborhood Chef, I actually was selling plumbing, and was uh, manager of a local plumbing house. So I put in twelve years there. Uh, which was great. Love everybody there. But at the end of the day, I'm a type of person that grew up loving to draw, listening to music, loving to play music, just really artsy and creative. So I felt like, you know, there was a time where, okay, I've proved to myself that I could, do, you know, I can do the, the 40 hour deal, but I just felt like there was more out there for myself. So that's when I made the move.
1: Awesome. Matt, there, there's one thing that you do that really stands out to me. And I feel like maybe it comes from your passion, but I really want to know. Like you're always out doing these cool adventures. Like I see you overlanding. Um, one specific story that I would I'd like to hear about is uh, is your wolf story. Oh, <laughs> but but how do you go and do these these things? It's like you, it seems like to me that your business is to provide for your lifestyle and not the other way around. Yeah, that is um,
2: totally true, and that's that's kind of why I left the forty hour. Work week period. It was, um, you know, I felt like I was having to ask my father if I could go and hang out with my friends. And working certain jobs, you're allotted one week to hang out with your friends, no matter how hard you worked and how much you put into it. And for me, as I got older, I realized that, um, you know, I long, I no longer, you know, wanted a Porsche. Uh, I never, you know, I didn't want the big house on the beach anymore. I just wanted to see my friends and family more. And so for me, freedom was really my big thing with becoming an entrepreneur more than it was money even though you have to have money is just the freedom so with that it was um my brother and i uh tim coined this term weaning the want and we did it at the camp and it was like that's what it's about it's just weaning the want so you can have all the things that you want but you also have to put in the time for it so if you can just if you just really want family time and adventure time you don't have to have the the newest vehicle or the largest house or the fanciest shoes. Um, you can just have, you know, the most minimal things and live this extraordinary life by just trading, trading out things. So it's been great. Of course, you know, a little bit more money to pay off some bills would be great, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a balance, it's a balance, you know. Um, but again, having your own business, you have the freedom to do that. You know, if I need, um, you know, some extra funds, I have the freedom to incorporate extra nights of specials or, um, you know, pick up a different event and things like that. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I just keep it kind of kind of chill just so that I can kind of chill out to you. What are, what are your favorite chill activities? Um, let's see. Actually, let me go back to the wolf story because I know you asked. <laughs> I'm sorry. So that's part of my chill activities right there. <laughs> um, I'm through my programming is what I call it, kind of like my presets. Um, I'm a nervous, anxious type person and I have fear that i've noticed just run through my life
1: i would never pick up on that
2: (laughs) but it's it's taken a lot of time to and i mean i'm like right now i'm still kind of like uh but it was um you know like being going back as a kid you know i was scared to go to the mall because there was lots of people there but if my friends were going to the arcade and being dropped off i had two choices i could be safe at home or i could face the world and get dropped off at the mall and deal with it but you take these baby steps throughout life And those little things help you overcome your fear. And uh, you know, you'll always have it, but it just uh, helps. And so with this past trip, normally if I do anything adventurous, I still have planning, like I still have to plan it. Like I need to know where I'm gonna sleep, I need to know this, I need to know that. Mm -hmm. But um, on this adventure, um, my buddy Henry, and uh, Henry's so adventurous, I mean he's, yeah, I look up to that dude. But um, he's more go with the flow. And so this trip, on the first half of the leg, first leg of it, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with the flow. And that's what we did. We left on a Tuesday. There was a couple of passes in Colorado that we wanted to do. And so I had my little hit list and he had his, and we just headed that direction. And when we were tired, we looked for a place to sleep and camp and set up. And that's what we did. And that's what led to the Wolf Encounter. So
0: the, the Wolf Encounter yeah. sounds so ominous, but also <laughs> I don't think it is.
2: Yeah, it, <laughs> So, what happened was, um, I think it was the third, the third day, third night, and we were checking our Gaia, which is a, uh, a GPS app, you know, kind of uh, locator to let you know where you are. So, we're like, all right, it's, it's getting late. Let's look for a camp spot. So, we pulled one up and on the map showed a camping area. And so, we mosey on down through here, and you know, we're in the middle of the woods. We're 20, 30 miles from anything, just on these dirt roads. And we see this structure in the background. And so we like go down this dirt road assuming that this is where the campground is because we can see a couple of tents set up well we show up and there's a huge sign that says wolf sanctuary and you know all these rules and so we just go up the hill and are greeted by um two staff and come to find out they're like well technically you can camp here but it's mostly for volunteers we're wolf sanctuary this that and the other um and so we weren't allowed to camp there but they were super gracious and kind of pointing us in the direction like well this is all public land you guys can camp anywhere uh but if you want to come back tomorrow around nine o'clock in the morning we'll give you a tour so we were like well this is awesome so fast forward find a camping spot um and you know head back the next day well we get there and are greeted and we're kind of hanging out the parking lot five minutes later uh we see a guy walking up the hill and he's like hey those are your guys trucks blah 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 and we're like yeah Oh, those are cool. You guys outfitted and blah blah blah. You're camping. We're like, yeah. He's like, yeah. I just got back from a three day trip. Um, come to find out, he was actually the founder of the sanctuary, and he'd been rescuing wolves for 35 years, and had Whoa. just taken his first true vacation, which was like three days. Well, he showed up five years later. 35 years later. 35 yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So he shows up, and um, just starts, you know, uh, just BS and. Henry and I, and then he just goes, You guys want to meet some wolves? And we're like, Yeah, sure. And we see some, you know, there's a vents there. And we walk up to the vents and without skipping a beat, he goes, All right. He's like, You guys seem like you're kind of you're pretty sure of yourself, kind of alpha. So he's like, Just when you go in here, keep your shoulders back and don't turn your back to the wolves. And um, when they come up to you, stare them in the eye and show your teeth. and the first thing wow. I do is I look at Henry like, yo, you go in, I'll take pictures. And I can feel him doing the same thing. Like, yo, you go in, you take pictures. Well, the the um, the uh, the guide who was with us, she goes, hey, she's like, this never happens. She's like, the only time people are allowed to go into this cage that had her tools in there, she said, is when he's here and one other person. So she's like, you guys are super lucky. So after being told that, we both just had to man up. And we went in. And so, sure enough, we did the things. And, um, you know, uh, Wolf came up right to my face. And I stared her in the eye. And then I hear, show your teeth. And so I have this grin on my face. And she just licks my face. And I go, this is happening. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we end up hanging there for an hour later and this and that. And, you know, fast forward, we were able to meet wolves. But all that goes back to overcoming that anxiety, fear. And just setting the path towards adventure, and just believing, you know, just just kind of giving it up to chance, yeah, you know. And that this part of being an offshore too. So.
0: I feel like inside you there are two wolves, Willie, oh, the 100%. anxiety wolf and the adventure wolf.
2: Yeah, I'm totally the. We should no, we shouldn't. <laughs>
1: you that's only have day two. Day. I have like seven. <laughs> well, that's all I'm going to talk about. <laughs> we don't. <break> it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is that is really exciting man that that you go out and and do that what would you what would you give advice to other entrepreneurs that are that are maybe starting their their venture that live in that nine to five world and and want to be well it just depends
2: um because to be honest you know it's easy for me to say hey i want freedom and i want my time and this and that but i also come from a point to where you know i'm I've been happily married for well, years twenty. I'll be twenty-three years this year. That number. Yeah, see how smart I got married in two thousand. So I just have to know what year. But anyway, (laughs) so next month is our twenty-three year anniversary. So I have a solid marriage, and the other side too is I don't have children. So for me, you know, I can eat a peanut butter sandwich for three months and be okay. But if I had children, you know, that would change my outlook. So it's hard for me to give that advice on, you know, well. Time is more important this and that and the other when really you're trying to feed your children and possibly send them to you know college. But at the same time there is a balance though that I think you should kind of have in your head um, because you'll burn yourself out. you know yeah, burnout is so real. And I mean of course when I first started, yeah, freedom was on my mind, but that wasn't what was happening when I was you know driving across town going house to house, you know five, six days a week. Planning menus and counting macros and all that is just the time wasn't there. But the legwork and the goal um was there. So eventually, you know, as long as I kept the goal in my head, like, hey, I want more free time, I think that everything kind of just morphed around that or what do you call it, just transitioned into um a place to where I could have
1: more free time. So once you set your priorities, everything seemed like it fell into it fell into place. Yeah, one hundred percent. So but yeah. You know,
2: it's just believe in yourself. That's the hardest thing to do as people is we're always we're all scared. It just depends on what degree. But the way I looked at it when I started my business was this. Everybody most people will tell you, You're crazy, you're not gonna make it, but that's their fear talking and you have to remember that. And the other thing is too, what have you done or for me, what have I done since I was eighteen years old? I worked a forty hour week for someone else. So I knew I had 40 hours a week minimum in me. So if I applied 40 hours a week to my own business, I don't think I could fail. And in a first world country, the worst thing that would happen is I would have to go back and pick another 40
1: hour a week job. So I was like, that's a win-win. There is no losing that. What are you, what are you most excited about in your business right now? Because you've been in business for what? I think six now yeah it flies by yeah oh no you're fine because I
2: did the same thing as the Facebook memories you know they remind you <laughs> oh, that's it hey you took this picture six years ago I'm like wow but yeah I was thinking it was five but uh yeah a total of six so I did two years um you know uh showing up at people's houses and cooking in their homes and then uh's three in the business but yeah right now I'm just going through a I don't know. It's just, you know, it's still trying to balance and see the future because the freedom and the time is still very important. But at the same time, um, I have to look at, you know, retirement and uh, the state of the economy and this and that. So there's different things that are kind of going on at the same time. It's like, do I hire someone and expand? Do I hold steady? Um, Do I change the business model altogether? You know, nothing's going to happen immediately, but those are the things that are constantly going on in your head. I think most entrepreneurs kind of have that. There's never really, I don't want to say that, but in most cases, there's never really like a set goal. There's multiple goals going at the same time. Flowing and trying to figure out, you know, what jives, what does it Yeah, 100%. And um, you just have to look at your priorities. You know, like for me, what's most important um, is, uh, I guess you would say it would be my happiness. But my happiness, too, is making sure that my wife isn't struggling paying all the bills by herself. So. I can't be too much of a slacker and take too much time off because, yeah, I'll have the freedom, but then I'll have the guilt that goes along with that. So I have to balance all of that. So it's like, well, of course, you know, I want to make sure that my wife is good and you know, my animals are good and then I can worry about my time off. Um, So it's like this constant, you know, I won't say struggle, just a constant analyzation of, you know, where to go. Yeah, it's...
0: I knew so many people with the same story. Like I did this, and then COVID.
2: Yeah, it. I mean, at this point, right now, I can. I feel like I won the lottery. Um, But at the time, I probably aged five years the year of COVID, Um, because I went from going door to you know basically going to people's houses and cooking. And uh, at that time, you know, I built the business up, and we had purchased the building. Well, the building was a shell, and we got it for. Luckily, again, pre-COVID, great price, but, I mean, it sat empty for five years. So you can imagine, I mean, the roof wasn't even – yeah, it needed all the love. <laughs> and so it was a it was a gamble to buy the property to begin with. And so that was like – and, of course, you're taking your life savings um, and doing this. And so I'm thinking, man, I ruined us, or I, I have the potential to ruin us, so now all this weight's on my shoulders. And then uh, COVID happened, and it was – Literally, you sent the menus out, everybody ordered their food, and the news shows up. Hey, guys, we're locking down the country. We're staying at home. Between me and my customers, we had no idea what was going on, so I was like, hey, let's just hold off for two weeks and see if this blows over. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's just hold off for a couple of weeks. I agree, you know, back and forth. Well, it turned into, I pretty much was, I want to say it was three months without work. And the whole deal was, you know, we had a loan out to do the building, but I also needed to work to build the funds to buy equipment. You know, that was kind of the deal within myself. And so that was getting upside down pretty quick. You know, we're pulling out of our savings to pay bills at home. And, um, you know, we've got this building that needs to get built. Well, then also the contractors, you know, 75% of their employees are like, I'm staying at home. And so they're running behind. And it's just this domino effect of stuff. And, Yeah, there's plenty of sleepless nights. I mean, I felt like my head was going to explode from just anxiety and just like, this is the wrong decision. What did I do? I can't believe I did this. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, it worked out. Um, I just kind of put my big boy pants back on and was like, all right, well, what can I do? What can I do? I can drop off food at people's houses. It'd be, you know, contactless service. Well, how will I do that? I can't run that out of my house. So let's start looking at commercial kitchens. Chances are they're needing you know they're in the same boat as me they need some money and um sure enough i looked and uh, before this um uh, everywhere was just outrageous you know for pricing per hour we'll end up finding a rental kitchen not even two miles from my house that was half the price of any kitchen i've ever seen and so we struck up a deal and she's like well if you make if you work this many hours i'll cut you an even better deal and so that's what i did i just worked out of that kitchen and dropped meals off and even did a couple of like Asian night services where people came through and picked up there and was able to stay above water. And then slowly but surely, you know, the contractors are kind of getting back on their feet and they got the building done. And then, uh, the COVID prices hit for material, mm-hmm. you know, material cost had tripled in the whole nine yards. But in my case, like I'm not joking, I had to, we had to get a new roof, gutted the entire place, sheet rock, all new plumbing, all new electrical, everything. And the only thing that I, was affected by COVID pricing was five boards that I had to build a landing for outside of the building. Yeah, I I had just made it by the skin of my teeth. And my contractor the following week told me he had lost three huge jobs because the packages had tripled. And he was like, you don't realize how lucky you were. And so, yeah, we were able to get everything done in time pre-COVID pricing. And that's just been... Yeah. insane. so for me, it's like all that stress and all that pressure and all that fear and all that anxiety and guilt and worry. It was really it was really just this scratch off ticket that was taking forever to scratch off. And now I realize, like, you know, what all that was for. And so it just makes me like appreciate everything I have. So I guess that's why I smile a lot when, I, <laughs> you know,
0: and I'll have any anything else you want to cover before we, we rack it up
2: i want to plug the neighborhood chef
0: yeah yeah where can, where can people find you um i'm at
2: 1203 east broadway <laughs> <laughs> if you um are interested in getting on the email list um it is the neighborhood at gmail.com. and i currently have a facebook and an instagram uh with the same name if you want to take a look at uh, some of the pictures and kind of see what i do and uh, but yeah, if you're um, interested in just asking more questions or getting on the email list, just uh, again, email me at theneighborhoodchef.tn at gmail.com.
0: Kyle, anything else from you?
1: Well, um, I've not had a ton of Willie's dishes, but I really feel the love in the lasagna. So <laughs> five star plug. I've yet to have the Asian night and I on my turbine. Thanks. List. We're traveling again this week as supposed to do last
2: week. Yeah, but we'll get it. Yeah, as soon as I get back because I have to pay for the wolf trip. And uh, so, <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, thank you guys so much. And thank you all for listening. Take good care. This has been Ignition, a chain reaction podcast production of Sky City Entrepreneur Center, produced by Epic Nine Outfitters. Find Sky City at skycityec.com or on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.